0: Faith. Family. Freedom. It all still matters here. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson.
1: Earlier this week, we got the news that former First Lady Rosalind Carter passed away, and she was 96 years old. She had just gone into hospice, and so it wasn't a big surprise. But when I was thinking about it and reading the news articles about it, you know, it dawned on me she really wasn't one of the best-known First Ladies in our country's history, certainly not like Michelle Obama or, or Jackie Kennedy or Hillary Clinton or even Lady Bird Johnson. I mean, so there are women who have been in that position, been in one way or another, part of their husband's campaigns and their, their time in office, sometimes controversial, sometimes uh, very beloved by most people. And Rosalind Carter had a very different or has a very different legacy. I'm Mike Ferguson. And it's interesting when you look back, she really led an interesting life. I'm now joined by Dr. Marcus Witcher. He is a historian with Huntington College, and he's actually currently writing a book on Jimmy Carter's career. And uh, Marcus, good to have you back on the program. When you look at Rosalind Carter and her role in Jimmy Carter's life on the campaign trail, maybe even in office, how would you assess that?
0: Yeah. So first of all, it's great to be with you again. Uh, I've known Mike for a long time. I would say if we were going to assess Rosalind Carter's sort of um, time as first lady, um, she was actually very, very engaged and very involved. I believe she's the first first lady to sit in on cabinet meetings. Um, she was there as a as sort of an observer because she wanted to be very well informed when she went out on the campaign trail, when she just went across the country. Um, she was very active in terms of her husband's administration, she often, Jimmy Carter often said, you know, that he talked to Rosalind about a great number of things and got her advice on them before he sort of acted. Um, and so Rosalind, when she came into the First Lady role, she really wanted to be a, sort of what we want to think of as a modern First Lady. She didn't just want to do the sort of, um, sort of meet and greet and, you know, which are really important, right? Sort of greet foreign dignitaries and set the stage and be sort of the great host. And indeed, later on, she actually got criticized for not doing sort of more of that and stepping out of that. That role she really wanted to be actively involved and to be a helper uh sort of a a uh, partner to her husband and his administration and i think she achieved that during her time as first lady she's also the first first lady to have i believe her own uh office right um in the east wing so Okay, so Marcus, let
1: me, um, let me ask about the role, like mental health with her act, her advocacy on that. You could call it activism, I guess. Jimmy Carter referred a number of times to her as basically his primary, uh, confidant and his primary advisor. And that just seems to have had a different take. At that era in the seventies that it does now, how does she manage to be that involved with what her husband does, either running for president or being president, uh, and still avoid all the pitfalls that we saw with, you know, Hillary Clinton and some of the others?
0: yeah I think that the difference is is that uh Rosalind didn't speak publicly often on these types of issues she would she very much played a supportive role uh of President Carter I think that largely kept her out of um out of trouble in terms of the politics. Um, she after they left office w- did open up a little bit about her frustration So she was very protective of, obviously of her husband she thought her husband had had some real successes while president of the United States and was really frustrated that his legacy um, as she saw it in the mid 80s uh, early 90s was becoming one of failure um, and she thought there were some significant achievements um, she went on the record defending uh, you know Jimmy but she didn't do it all that often she seems to have been able to both play the role of advisor and confidant without necessarily going out and sort of, you know, being seen as that in the media and in the public's view. So
1: over the next, you know, week or so until, you know, whenever the memorial service is going to be for Rosalind Carter, uh, there's going to be some people talk about, you know, what's her legacy. Now, I'm not I'm not seeing as much attention with this passing as we saw with other first ladies and certainly of of presidents probably because jimmy carter was a one-term president and he wasn't a a huge personality like some of the others Uh, but when people start talking about what her her legacy would be how would you encourage people to look at her when it comes to what she's left behind that had any sort of lasting effect
0: Yes, yeah, so I think if if, if uh, Rosalind Carter was here, you know, if we asked her, like, what did you really, really care about? I think that the thing that she would want people to take away from her life is that. Um is that you really find yourself and fulfill yourself by helping others. She wrote two books, right? One called Helping Yourself uh, Help Others, a book about caregiving, and then another one about helping people with mental illness. And I think that more than anything else, Rosalind Carter really demonstrated for the American people how to live a full life and a life of goodness and a life of charity and a life of sort of Sacrifice for the people around you. Um, she really lived that life. Both her and Jimmy Wright were were Baptists. They're both evangelical Christians. First evangelical Christian elected president of the United States. Um, they had four children, 22 grandkids. Her work, right, with the Carter Center and later with Habitat with uh, Habitat for Humanity, right. They built over 4,400 homes uh, for people. I think her greatest legacy is a legacy of. Of just sort of goodness, right? What does it look like to live a life in which you really fulfill yourself through helping others and helping your community? I think both her and former President Carter um really, really achieved that in their lives. It's really commendable. And I want to point out right now, you
1: notice we haven't talked about politics yeah. in, in any of this. I mean, she had an issue she was advocating for, but that's what's interesting. I mean, obviously, the 77-year marriage with uh, jimmy carter yeah. has to be brought into this well because yeah. this is when and i think you're right marcus i mean i think when you look at them that's one of the first things people think of as opposed to the success or failures of a presidential administration and certainly you know of any scandals that's what they think of them as people uh maybe it's because they've been out of office for so long but because that's really um you know how people chose to re- remember them and it's a more of a human way, I think, as opposed to a political or news way that people are choosing to remember the Carters.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, when you talk about the Carter administration, I think there's pretty much unanimous sort of agreement among historians, although there's been some attempts to rehabilitate Carter, that those four years were extraordinarily difficult and that Jimmy Carter didn't really rise to the occasion in terms of addressing the major issues of the day. Um, Doesn't mean he didn't have some successes, but overall, right, not not an extraordinarily successful presidency. But the two of them made a conscious decision after he left office, you know, we had goals, we had past goals, we can't achieve those past goals, so we need new goals. And they set new goals for themselves on how to help people outside of office. Um, And that was really, really commendable, right? I think that his sort of post-presidency gives President Carter and uh, Rosalind Carter, right, a legacy that they otherwise wouldn't have had. And it's a legacy of, like I said, of sort of goodness, of charity, of caring, of modeling, I think, for the American people what a happy and successful marriage can look like, right? Um, we've had so many presidents with scandals, right, sex scandals, etc. cetera. Uh, the Carters are really, really, really a, a couple, and I think the Reagans were as well, that deeply, deeply care about one another and are able to really live this li- their lives for one another and take care of one another and grow with one another and stay committed to one another. And to be married 77 years is an extraordinary achievement, right? Especially, you know, for people today, you know, who are just getting married or just starting out, you know, 77 years. Like um, Carter offered some advice about how to do it, right? Never go to bed mad, right? Listen to your spouse, right? Uh, pick someone who's compatible with you in terms of their values, et cetera. He's full of wisdom on that front. Um, But at the end of the day, they're a real, real model for commitment to one another. And I think that, you know, more Americans should try to learn from that model.
1: All right, uh, Professor Marcus Witcher. Hey, good talk to you again. Yeah, thanks so much. Just ahead here on American Viewpoints, Thanksgiving now, obviously, in the rearview mirror. So we are officially in the holidays, and for a lot of people, that means holiday shopping. Did you know that you might actually have money you have forgotten about or aren't even aware of that can help you with that shopping? We're going to visit with our friends from bankrate.com with some great advice on how you can check to see if you've got those funds available to you and also how to successfully get through the holiday without overspending and starting 2024 off on a bad note.